Hello, and welcome to The Vivifier, a podcast on sobriety, faith, love. So today I wanted to talk about the global pandemic and the quarantine that we're all living right now. It's pretty surreal. Sometimes it's, oftentimes it's just shocking. It's still pretty shocking. And I wanted to talk about self-love activism in in the face of all of this and it's the perfect time i feel for the deep dive into self-love activism there might be some activists right now who might feel a little bit displaced who are used to doing activism in person and are bringing their activism online and well as someone has said to me no one's ever wrong on the internet so a lot of self-love and self-care is vital in these conversations i i was an activist for 18 years I'm no longer an activist in the traditional sense. I'm a human rights advocate. And I, my activism is now self-love activism, along with self-care advocacy. Now, self-love is, some people still might hear it as a woo-woo term or whatever, but it's the reality. It's the basis of, in my experience, healthy living. And, and in my experience, being able to see bigger pictures, being able to expand my compassion and be able to relate with my fellow human being with a better route than, because often activism, even advocacy can can begin outside of love, with the intention of love, but put the love elsewhere rather than root the love within and then come from that space and overflow. So, so it's, and, and in again, in my 18 years of being an activist, I didn't find it sustainable without the root of self-love and self-care. And, and to me, advocacy as well needs the root of self-love and self-care. So self-love activism, whatever that might look like for each individual, I'm here sharing my experience because I woke up this morning sobbing, just crying my eyes out, and it's, which is appropriate dealing with the global pandemic and and dealing with just, you know, seeing what our healthcare workers are dealing with and, and their needs not being met and, you know, thinking of people who are homeless right now and, and thinking of myself as well. Just dealing with this is just so, brings up a lot of sadness, very pain, painful sadness. And I allowed myself to feel it because it's very appropriate to feel this in a global pandemic and global quarantine. And I got ready to go outside and just the feeling of, you know, putting on the face covering and the gloves. And I'm like, wow, this is a new normal right now. And I went out and I got myself my kale. Very excited about that. (laughs) A little treat. Yay. And red onion. So I'm like, I'm happy. And I wanted to start to pull on the thread to, because I allow myself to feel my feelings. It's so important. I'm not interested in bypassing. I share that I was sobbing because it is real and it is honest. I don't share it from a space of self-pity. I share it from a space of honesty. I don't believe that there's a way to be honest with myself if I'm not honest about my emotions. Now, Like I said, I allow myself to feel it. And then I allow myself to start to find the little thread that pulls me towards my self-love and my joy and my serenity. So I'm making this podcast really for myself because this is my thread. This is my thread towards, you know, back to my serenity, towards my self-love, towards my self-care, towards 
really sinking into my gratitude because there's still so much I have to be grateful for here. Living in a first world country, having clean running water, have which, which by the way, if you don't know, in our own country, Native Americans on reservations are dealing with no water at all. And those who do have running water, it's pretty toxic. So I, that's, I just needed to put that out there because I think it's a very important thing that we need to be conscious of, that even in America, there are people still suffering without water. So, and so I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm very sad with everything that's happening globally. And, and I'm also really grateful that for all the love that I have in my life, I'm grateful for the luxuries that I have in my life that I, that you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can take for granted. I speak for myself that I, I can take for granted. So for me, as I've shared before, I deal with PTSD. So I'm, oh, I know how to deal with crises. I know that when I'm sobbing that, you know, I allow it and I feel it and that I need to find something that will help me access joy and nurturing. I need to nurture myself. So one of the things, and I, I didn't make this up, someone recommended this to me, I created a box, a self-love box. Now, my self-love box happens to be shaped in the heart. It, it doesn't matter what shape the box is. It could be a drawer. It could be a, a little sock. It could be a pillowcase. So what I did was start writing things that I love about myself. Uh, it could be anything, whatever, really. I wrote little pieces of paper that I love about myself, and then I would fold it up and I put it in my self-love box, or, or sometimes I just leave it open, it doesn't really matter. And I would put little things that bring me joy, like maybe a piece of fabric or whatever it is, my dreams, my wishes, my 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 life, you know, most imaginative dreams possible, and just put them in. And so I called it my intensive self-care unit. I'm like, I'm going in to my intensive self-care unit, and I would take those out and I would reread them the things I love about myself. I love my eyes. I love my hair, anything like that. I love that I do my best to be compassionate, even though I don't always make it there, you know? So little things like that really supported me in, in deep crises. Now with the PTSD for the first six months, I had agoraphobia and agoraphobia is abject terror of being outside. And with PTSD, everything was really loud everything, you know, when, when a trigger comes in, all of my senses are heightened. I joke and I call it like, I'm a werewolf, <laughs> a werewolf now. <laughs> Humor helps me. So whatever, you know, I, it's, it's part of my life now. It's not, it's not going away, but I'm finding ways of working with it. And yeah, it's gotten better. I've gotten better. So anyway, for the first six months I had agoraphobia and it was, I, the only way I can describe it is it felt like I was carrying lead when I had to go outside and my whole body shook and I'm a single mom. So I still had to take my kid to school and pick up my kid. And it was, it was really intense. I, the only way I could get outside, we'd have to walk very slow. I had my, my, my sunglasses on, whether it was gray out or sunny out, didn't matter. And I had to put rain sounds on because I could barely, make it you know we'd have to go we'd have to leave earlier because it would take me so long to walk and so and because i still had to do it when you're a single mom you don't have a choice you have to perform whether you can't or cannot so i didn't have the luxury of breaking apart i just didn't i had someone who like 
you know, I mean, I still was breaking apart, but I didn't have the luxury of, of not doing anything. You know, you still have to perform when you're a single parent, no matter what. So I, but it was rough while she was in school. I spent the whole day in bed shaking. I couldn't listen to music. I could listen to rain sounds. And I, I love the rain. It's raining today. It's my favorite weather. It's, I just find it very soothing. So it's, you know, rain sounds and I would just lay in bed and I would a lot of the time just cry or just shake or just lay there in shock. It's not, it's, it's intense. So I know what isolation looks like. I, I know what it is to live crises. My whole body was in crises. And so when the PTSD triggers come up, they can, that's what it can look like. It doesn't last as long as it used to. Uh, well, the first six months, it was pure six months. That was intense. And then it, it, it started to condense a little bit. And then at some point it was a month and I'd be okay for a little bit. And then I'd be a month under and then a few days. And so now it's, it's gotten better. It's, it's still there, but I, I work through it with these tools. Like I've, I've helped myself with these tools and support and of course therapy. And as I've shared before, I'm, I'm a sex addict in recovery. So 12 steps has worked for me too. So another part of my self-care activism, self-love activism, self-care advocacy, my self-love is in reaching out, reaching out to fellowship. The 12 steps is really important. And so doing that has been very important. And if for those addicts who are missing in-person meetings, do a little Google because there's a good chance that look up telemeetings. Uh, I, I'm in a sex addicts recovery 12 step program. So we have telemeetings for sure. You can Google that. And if you're a part of, you know, just look up telemeetings because there's a good chance that your, your 12 step does telemeeting. So that's something to, to think of and you can either do it via zoom where there's there's video meetings and there's also telephone meetings and there's mixtures of both so and some of the video meetings you know if you go on a video meeting and you, you just want to be there but you you're just not ready to put your video on even though it's encouraged to put your video on so you can really get at least some level of intimacy even though it's not the same as in-person intimacy then you know, just be gentle with yourself. You don't, you don't have to put your video on. Of course, I'm sure that's different for each each 12 steps. So just check in. So anyway, that's that's something. So fellowship is very important for me as well. And I know that some people are like, oh, self-love. They confuse self-love with self-obsession and vanity. And that's not the case. Self-love is the root of health in my experience. And self-care is only possible with self-love. So self-love is the root. So self-love activism to me is the most important form of activism at the, at the root of everything. Otherwise, in my experience, nothing is sustainable without self-love because there's no way if I'm not loving myself, if I'm not being gentle with myself, how could I possibly know what it looks like to step outside of myself and see a bigger picture? I can't, can't, I can't. I can't be selfless until I'm selfish first and selfish it, you know, again, that's that's a term people are terrified of. But selfishness has a shadow side, which is self-obsession. The selfness, I, selfishness I'm talking about is self-love. And so there's a shadow side to many things. But that's that's not what I'm, I'm talking about here. And so the rootedness of self-love 
is so vital in my experience. So I also, if it's not raining, I love putting up on rain sounds. It's just very soothing to me. I put on, put it on on YouTube. If it is raining, I like to put on the fireplace or sometimes regardless, I like to put on the fireplace, the, the, you know, the virtual fireplace from YouTube. I love those. Sometimes the aquarium is nice. So, so little things like that. And those things are accessible for free. And well, for those of us who are lucky enough to have computers and, and internet at home. So these are, these are things that I love to do. And absolutely a gratitude list. It's so simple and it could be really daunting. And I say daunting in the first world sense because it's, it's you know, anyway, it, when in times like this, when it's like, well, what in the world do I have to be grateful for? Well, for me, I have a place to live. I have a roof over my head. That is huge. I can't imagine what the homeless are dealing with right now. And I'm only hoping that like here in New York City, when it's winter time, they go around and they pick up the homeless in vans and they take them to a shelter. I hope that's what's happening outside. Of course, I haven't been able to go very far outside. You know, I have to stick to essential shopping only. So, but I have not been seeing homeless people in the streets or in the parks. So I'm hoping that's what's happening. And I'm grateful that I have food. I'm grateful that I have my health and that my daughter has my health, has her health. And in a time like this, that's, it's no joke because it, and it brings up a lot of sadness for me for people who aren't or who are dealing with this right now. And, uh, and also prayer. So I feel helpless and hopeless to, I wish I could make a difference. I, I you know, I, I can't make a difference when it comes to helping people get better. I, I can't. The only thing, uh, if you're dealing, if you're sick, and dealing with the flu or what really helps me. And of course I'm, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not saying take this over medical professional, but whatever your doctor has told you is supplementing this with this as well. Can't hurt unless you're allergic to all this stuff. But what's gotten me through, I have reactive airways, so I get chronic bronchitis. And so what helps me through is ginger, fresh ginger chopped up. If you can get it, fresh ginger, and I chop off the skin, fresh garlic. I buy that. I buy that already peeled because it's not that. Fresh garlic chopped up, and I put it in boiling water, steep it, make a tea out of it, and then you know it's just boiling water. So all all I need to add to it to make it a tea. Then I pour some honey in it. Again, if you're allergic to any of these things, you know of course take care of yourself. And then if something's if it's gotten in my lungs and I'm having a hard time, like ginger helps open airways. Again, don't just rely on ginger to listen to your doctor. I'm just saying like on top of if you're taking any medica medication or whatever, and you know, this could help maybe boost the system a little bit. It's helped me out of bronchitis, but again, don't take it as like, don't go to the doctor and take this. No, go to the doctor, take care of yourself. But this is what's helped me. And then I put a little bit of a dash of cayenne pepper because that will just kick it out. I mean, it'll help me cough. It'll help like loosen up the phlegm. There's no other way to say that without sounding gross. So, and it just helps me. So I was sick for a month with the flu in, like January, February through January and February for about a month, I was sick with the flu and this helped me kick it out of my system. And every time I have bronchitis. So anyway, just a little home remedy to add to, you know, of course, listen to the doctors and uh, just as a little supplement. And 
I also ate some of the ginger and garlic fresh. So that stuff doesn't doesn't hurt even as a you know preventative keep the keep the system happy a little bit. Yeah, we we islanders we know a thing or two. <laughs> like I've been telling people about this for a while. Nobody just saying. All right. So um, I'm from New York, but my you know part of my bloodline is island. So anyway, the another thing like I said, prayer. Prayer's been very important to me. I'm lucky enough to have a beautiful community. Of, my church is an amazing community. We're staying connected. We're staying connected via Zoom. We're, you know, we're doing just such amazing things to stay connected with each other. Starting, you know, working on start. I'm working on starting with, you know, my parish to support a Christian book club. I'm very excited about that. So that's in the mix. And and it's not just the church that I go to, but I have family in church, and I, I call them family, my soul family, in another church. And you know, I miss I miss the couple of Zooms. Miss you guys. I'll catch you guys soon. And they're doing Zoom meetings as well. So it's been really, really awesome to have this connection. And social media, when done from a space of self-care, can make it can be good. It can make a, a good difference. And so using social media to share love right now in this time, to share kindness in this time and share awareness, especially when it comes to, you know, the Asian Americans right now. Yeah. I, with our self love, with self love activism, there's just no way to turn to scapegoating people. In my experience, I cannot love myself and scapegoat at the same time. It's not possible. Those two things do not exist in the same space. They cannot. So I'm asking people to please be conscious. Please do not buy into the fear-mongering nonsense stories about, you know, that 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 aim hatred at the Asian community because it's horrific and quite frankly Anyone being bigoted right now, it's not because of the virus. That was already there. So no, no one's entitled to their bigotry. We're, none of us are entitled to our bigotry. And no one's entitled to be bigoted during a crisis. And, and I understand that people are afraid and, and everybody wants a place to blame. But how about instead of blame, we love ourselves? I, I, that's just a lot. It's It makes, it's just real. You know, that blame is not... You know, that just hatred of people and and scapegoating people and saying, you know, just just ugliness that, I, that, I, that I'm seeing the Asian community deal with and the violence and the attacks and the the conversations. I, I want no part of it. I, I'm I, I just can't. Understand. It's I'm I'm shocked. I guess I shouldn't be, but I'm shocked that people are doing this. And no matter how many times I see scapegoating, no matter how many times I see people being horrific, I always find it shocking. I, I will always find it shocking because it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not right. And it doesn't make sense. I don't. And I'm not saying that I, I haven't done things myself where I've scapegoated throughout my life. Sure. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I have a human shadow. I'm, I'm alive. I'm part of this. I'm part of the society. And I'm telling you that, it's just ugly. Beyond ugly, it's dangerous, and and there are no there are no jokes, you know, about. I see people racists trying to say it's funny to to make these awful, horrifying jokes towards Asians, and it's, it's not funny. And racists, of course, find their what they say funny because, well, 
it's racist. You know, if you're being racist and you think what you're saying is funny, then it's it's not because you're funny. It's because you're being racist. And, and it would tickle the racist humor. Now, to get to the bottom of that is just really what what can I do to nurture and love myself instead of project my fear onto an entire quote unquote group because we're all connected. This is just stupid. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. If, if nothing shows us that we're all connected, this global pandemic has to. We're all sitting here. We're all in the same ball floating through space or spinning in space. I mean, you know, so anyway, it's, it's important when I see people being, being racist and, and, and scapegoating and, and supporting this heinous behavior towards Asian Americans, all I see is self-loathing. Just going to be honest, because there's no way, again, I can't love myself and scapegoat. I can't love myself and hate another person in the same, at the same time. It's just not possible. So the only, you know, hating someone else, everything comes from within. So if I'm hating on someone else, it's coming from my own self-loathing. That's it. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. So being conscientious of who I'm being in, in the face of a crisis, because I don't believe because there's a crisis, I'm entitled to be hateful, <laughs> you know, and no one is a victim to their own racism. That's, that's ridiculous or their own bigotry or their own prejudice. It's just this feeling of entitlement. Well, I get to say it because I think it's funny or I think, yeah, well, all of those things enable the actual physical violence towards Asian Americans. So I think it's very important that all of us, it's I'm, I'm black and Puerto Rican and you know, this affects this, this, this affects our entire society. So I, I don't really like, oh, well, I, it's not me. It's not happening to me. So who cares? It's happening to them. There is no freaking them. I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't know when we're going to get this as human beings. Asians are us. We're all connected. We're all human. So if you're going to treat Asians this way, you can treat anybody that way. I, I, it's, it's, it's not separate. It's not separate. There's no them. So I, to me, that's just very important that, that we remember that we are all human. We are all connected. So another thing, so that's, that's important for me to, to find in, in this time is to stay aware. Is to stay aware of who I choose to be in time of crises because at the end of the day, it's a choice. And so other things that I, you know, what I'm doing for my self-love activism, I'm also enjoying watching shows. I'm sure plenty of people have taken to the binging, and uh, I do. At times I do. I've also, I, I'm really enjoying re-watching The Twilight Zone. I absolutely love it. The man is a genius, quite frankly. Quite frankly, he is a genius, and he, he is just a genius. His writing is incredible. He's brilliant. So anyway... I do that. I also have fun making silly videos. I, I make uh, I make silly videos. I have a great time. It, it gives me joy. It's important for me to play, to play for, for just for just playing, for the sake of playing. I've also been listening to audiobooks on 
uh, my library has an app. I think a lot of libraries have an app and you can listen to audiobooks on there. So it's all free. You know, all the stuff is, that's, it's free. And we've been, I'm homes. I started homeschooling before all this happened. So we've, we've already been in the groove. So me and my kiddo, we, we do our, you know, we do the homeschooling work and stuff like that. And part of that homeschooling work is ASL. So we have a great time learning ASL. If you're curious, ASL is American Sign Language. So if you're curious about, I mean, this, oh, this is a great time to learn new language. I'm just saying, it's a fun time to learn something new, even if it's not language or art or anything you've always wanted to try. I mean, for me, it's exciting. So, I mean, we started this process before all this happened, but it's been very fun to learn ASL together. We know the basics, like I want bacon, you know, I want taco, <laughs> you know, the important stuff. So we're, we're, we're having a great time with that. And she's teaching herself Irish. I, I don't know what, what that, I just know it is Irish. I apologize to any Irish people. And I'm not saying that correctly. If there's a, another correct term, I just know it is Irish. I don't know. So she, she's picked that up on herself on Duolingo. She's having fun with that. So doing things like that, like learning a new language could be, this is, this is a perfect time for that. Also, I've been lots of reading, lots of reading. I, I picked up crocheting again. I haven't done that in a while. So it's, that's really fun to, to pick up crocheting. And, and we're going to be doing some, we started a little bit of indoor gardening and we're going to start it in earnest. We're going to be buying some seedlings. It's a great time to dedicate to start growing. I live in New York City, so I don't have a backyard. I don't have, you know, a balcony. And so, but we're going to start it inside. So on Amazon, they sell these amazing little indoor greenhouses. And, you know, ours, we need a certain, not we don't have that incredible amount of space living in an apartment. But we're going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to order us a, a little greenhouse. It's, it's, it's tall and it's still compact. So it comes in it, you know, we're going to do that. And so that's going to be fun. I'm going to get some UV lights and everything. And so that's a great thing to really get into, to touch the soil and to really just like run my hands through the dirt. It's just so nurturing. It's so rich. It feels so nice. So we're going to, we're going to start that. We, you know, so there's so much to do, like get in touch with painting. I have my, my violin, you know, practicing that. So just the things I've always loved to do. And then, doing nothing, giving myself time to really do nothing. Cause that's, it's, it's important. Nothing is important to, to just kind of rest and be with the silence and be with the stillness that is allotted during this time. It's a, you know, in the midst of this crazy, terrifying, shocking experience, there's a beauty of having the, ability to be still and silent. And to me, that's such a beautiful piece of self-love activism, just getting to be present with my own energy, with the world, you know, just energetically. And just, even though it's a, it's a shocking and devastating thing that's connecting us, we are all connected right now. And I'm also loving watching the comedians, you know, in the comedy and, and just, just people themselves just being comedians. And that's gives me, that gives me joy and, and watching little beautiful videos of 
puppies being cute and, <laughs> and silly and just watching people's silly quarantine videos cracks me up. I'm loving it. And so, yeah, there's really some deep, beautiful stuff in, in the midst of this in like just insanity because it's pretty freaking insane and it's pretty terrifying. And I don't know what's coming next. I don't know what's going to happen. And yet there's so much for me to be grateful for. And there's so much beauty and I can feel this beautiful, even like speaking through all of this, I can feel that shift in me and this beautiful, like yummy energy, this, this aliveness energy that comes through this, this life force, just yummy life force energy that just feels so beautiful to be present to. And it takes, you know, those steps of following the little thread to, to this feeling, to this beautifulness, to this this deep connection with my own heart and in this, this deep connection with higher power, which for me is God and whatever that is for each individual. So, and gratitude, just deep gratitude. And yeah, so just a, just a lot of love, just a lot of love comes present when I take, when I put those things in place for myself and whatever that might look like at the time, whatever that feels like, Oh, also cleaning and decluttering. Nothing feels better than a clean, open space. So I've I've taken off a lot of things. I'm starting to clutter again. <laughs> Go declutter that again. But I've taken a lot of things off of my my desks and stuff in the open spaces. The less that's out in the open, the clearer the space feels and the more my mind gets to relax. Because I feel like when it's clutter, the mind is always trying to fix a puzzle in my experience. So when things are more organized and when things are clean, it just feels better. My mind relaxes a little bit better and my body relaxes a lot more too. And I, I get, it, it just helps me. And just the space being integrity feels great. And so, yeah, so just, these are some of the things that I've, I do. And it, it brings me back to this beautiful, joyful space. Like I said, I allow myself to feel my feelings because they're real. And, and in this time, it's so wonderful because as someone with PTSD, a lot of the things I'm feeling are not happening in the now they're from my past. So it feels amazing to feel what it is to be present to an emotion that's happening because of what's present. That might sound weird to people, but for me, it's a relief because I get to feel what it is to feel appropriately terrified, <laughs> appropriately sad, appropriately devastated, appropriately, you know, just afraid and, and, and all of these things, you know, and some people might be feeling anger. And so all of these feelings are appropriate and, and necessary and vital. And so it takes me taking the time to love myself, taking that self-love activism into self-care advocacy and nurturing myself, acknowledging the feelings I'm feeling, holding my feelings with love and saying, you're valid. I feel you. And just letting myself sob. It was just like this deep sob down to my heart and my soul. And allowing that because it needs to come through and then you know taking the time and then seeking the serenity seeking the self-love because ultimately that's that's what i want i want this connection to this deep love that i am that's that's the love that i'm seeking so that's what i'm really looking for and to me that deep love within me is is the innate connection to god that's for me it's god for those who are you know for other people it might 
be whatever that is for you, but that deep love, whatever higher power is for you. So for me, it's God. And so when I get connected with my innate love, I, I know myself as connected just innately to, to God. That's just already always within me and that I am that, that I am that love. And so it's, it's a beautiful experience and it's a humbling experience that deep love is so humbling. Self, deep self-love is humbling. So like when people think that self-love is vanity, no, actually that's an escape from self-love. Vanity, you know, vanity as in self-obsession, you know, being self-obsessed. Let's, let's put it that way. I think it's a little bit clearer that self-obsession or that bravado is self-love. It's not because deep self-love is humbling. It is truly humbling. It doesn't need fanfare. It doesn't need any of those things. So that's that's such a beautiful experience for me. So to come from just a couple hours ago, this deep sobbing, and I'm sure the deep sobbing will come again, and I welcome it too. That's okay. There's nothing to fix here. You know, there's nothing wrong with a deep sobbing. It's a beautiful honesty. It's this honesty, being honest with what's happening right now. And it's this deep cleansing experience. So with that, with that deep self-honesty, I get to experience this, this freedom, this love, and that's where I get to access my serenity. Serenity comes present and, and connection with this juicy aliveness, the life source itself. So thank you so much for listening. I know you could be doing anything else right now. Yes, even in quarantine. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I'm wishing you guys all the love and all of the beautiful innate self-love that you already have. You're beautiful. You are loved. You are love. There's no way to not be loved because you are love. So I just, my heart goes out to everybody who is struggling right now with their health. I love you so much and I wish you the best and I will keep you all in my prayers. And to the healthcare workers, thank you so much for your service and what you do. And I, you know, yeah, just thank you. Thank you for being on the front lines and keeping us all safe and healthy. And to all of the essential workers, all of the people in sanitation, all of the people who are delivering, all the people who are working in supermarkets right now, thank you for everything that you're up to and everything you do. And I'm wishing you all health and joy. And hey, everybody, we're going to get through this for sure. You know, we have the blessing and the luxury to be able to be home. There are not many people who have that luxury. So it's okay. We can do this. And it's okay, even with that luxury, to feel sad. You know, it's, it's, I'm not going to discredit, you know, there's some people who are like, all right, get over it. We're just locked inside. Yeah, but it's not about getting over it. Our feel, you're still going to feel sad. This is a global pandemic and this is a global quarantine. It's valid and it's totally great and okay that you feel that you're honest enough to say, I feel sad, that I'm mourning. We're, this is a mourning process too, mourning a life that was the norm. It will return again. But right now, the capabilities we had before, we don't have now. And that's valid. Even though we're, we're privileged enough to be able to be home and all of these things, it doesn't make feelings less valid. It doesn't make the pain and the sadness and the fear any less valid. We're all going through this together. So be gentle with yourself. Acknowledge how you feel. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be maybe angry and it's okay to be afraid. And 
whatever self-love activism looks like for you, it's okay to follow also that little thread that can bring you to right where you are, nowhere to go, because it's right inside of you, that beautiful love that you are. Because you are that home right there in your heart and in your soul. And you're beautiful. You have everything you need right inside with you right now. And so, yeah, I just want to share this and, and thank you for being a part of my own thread into my serenity and self-love and my self-love activism and self-care advocacy. So if you want something, I, I mean, I made something silly. If you, if I don't know if it's, you know, if you feel like watching it and you need a little laugh or I'll, I'll put the link below. So wishing you all the best and, or the link will be here in the description. So I wish you all the best and I send you so much love and I love you and we will all get through this and we'll get through this. I'm, I'm excited to see the richness of who we will be as human beings as a whole. It, it feels like an incubation time and, and just this beautiful, you know, cocooning and all the butterflies, you know, how we're all going to be emerging as butterflies. And, and I believe a lot of things are going to shift for us as human beings after this, what we prioritize, what we see is important. I believe a lot, a lot of that's going to shift. So let's beauty and, and mother nature right now is healing and, and our animals are having a blast out there. And you see some of the videos of returning to streets, you know, that are close to nature. So really beautiful to see the earth healing uh, right now. So I love you all and I'll catch you soon. We rise, we rise together.